Waking up to the sound of the ocean sounds very idyllic. It's the Australian dream and it's still very much alive. Today we're talking about how and where you can nab a beachside bargain and where the ultra luxe seaside hotspots are. Welcome to Real Talk, realestate.com.au's property news podcast. It's real questions, real experts and real insights. We spoke with a few people about where they think the hottest beachside suburbs are. Sydney. Maybe like Bondi or something. I'd say Byron. Yeah. yeah. Where do you think might be the cheapest? Probably South Australia. Frankston. <laughs> Northern Territory. The Mornington Peninsula. I don't know why everyone wants to go down there all the time. It's like the beaches aren't good. It's far away from the city. It's busy. It's small. Joining me to unpack the data is Angus Moore, Senior Economist at PropTrack, and Michael Kalosh, Managing Director at the Gold Coast's leading prestige property agency. Thank you both so much for coming on today. Michael, how popular is beachside living in the Australian culture? It is something that everyone aspires to. The Gold Coast market itself has become increasingly more popular now that we've seen people being able to work a lot more remotely as technology advances, not just here, but across the eastern seaboard. There's a lot of people sort of flocking to that ideal lifestyle where they can work from home or work remotely. Angus, PropTrack every year comes up with kind of the list of the beachside hotspot suburbs. How do you judge this and who tops the list? What we do is actually look at a whole different range of ways of cutting beachside suburbs, you know, most expensive, most affordable, fastest growing, most in demand. So, you know, kind of right across the different ways of looking at it, we kind of pull out different lists and find different ways to think about what's the most popular, most interesting up and coming beachside suburbs. Based off of this criteria, is there any standout areas, you know, from say, if we look at price growth to level of demand kind of days on market, what are these standout areas? Some of the biggest price growth areas that we've seen over the past year, and, and in fact, really over the past four years since the pandemic, the Gold Coast is certainly one, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But I'm going to start with my hometown, which is actually Adelaide. And down on the south coast there, you know, beaches like Moana, Selix, Maslin, down Old, Old Dinga Way. Adelaide has in general been a really strongly performing property market, partly because of its relative affordability. You know, it's obviously surged over the past four years. It's a lot more expensive than it used to be, but it still is a lot more affordable than somewhere like Sydney, Brisbane, the Gold Coast. And so that is attractive for some buyers, particularly in an environment in which you can move for work, you can work remotely. That does make those more affordable markets a bit more attractive. To kind of put that in perspective, prices across all of Adelaide, not just these beachside areas, are up nearly 60% from pre-pandemic. Would you say that's 60% in a four-year period? Yeah, exactly right. Just slightly shy of four years. So that's incredibly strong growth over a period of four years. What about from a little bit more of a national perspective, like where are we seeing the biggest increases? If we're talking big increases in beaches, I think we can't talk about that without talking about the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast. They've been kind of two of the standout, fastest growing regions across Australia since the pandemic started. They have always been popular areas. We've always seen people on net move from other states in Australia to southeast Queensland. That was supercharged during the pandemic. We saw way more interstate migration. We're still seeing it. It's not as strong as what it was during the pandemic, still certainly happening. To put some numbers around that, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, they're two of the fastest growing regions. Gold Coast is up 67% and the Sunshine Coast up 61 over that just shy of four-year period. And is this median price? More or less. This is what we call kind of quality adjusted. That's going to get boring and technical. Medians can be affected by the types of homes that are sold. And so what we're trying to measure here is the value of an average house. So if you bought in the Gold Coast in March 2020, 
on average, your home's gone up 67% or in the sunny coast up 61%. Wow. That's particularly impressive because they weren't actually that affordable regions to begin with. You know, unlike Adelaide, which we were talking about before, they both actually have median prices that exceed Brisbane. They've been very strong performing markets. When I was looking at the data, some other strong performing markets, places like Geelong, Mornington Peninsula, Central Coast, New South Wales, to your point in South Australia, Summerton Park, it grew 36.3% year on year. You always have to be a little careful with a, a one year and one suburb can be affected by a few sales potentially. It is consistent with the really strong growth that we've seen in Adelaide. You know, Adelaide's been up double digits in the past year. So to see suburbs up even more than that is, is not a surprise. What are the key factors about these areas that are driving their popularity? The kind of underlying theme that's driven a lot of the demand that we've seen across the pandemic and then post has been people shifting where they're looking to live and and kind of how their life is is arranged. And that's really favoured these sort of slightly commutable, but maybe a little bit further away beachside areas, places like, you know, the Golden Sunshine Coast. They're a reasonable way from Brisbane, but it's entirely manageable. Places like Geelong, again, reasonable way from Melbourne, but entirely manageable. Mornington Peninsula, same story. Central Coast, same story. That's really benefited those areas. Places like Byron Bay are an interesting counterpoint. They did really well during the pandemic as people were working completely remotely. That's one of the areas that looks a bit softer in the past year. You know, we're maybe starting to see a bit of a pullback in that move to to Byron to, to get away from the big city. Now that people are having to go back to the office, you can't really commute from Byron to Sydney. It's quite a drive. It does look a bit softer this year. So the popularity is basically being driven by the adjacency to a capital city where people can still live that lifestyle they want, but that connectivity is just so important. I think that's a big part of it. It, Clearly, it's not the only thing, right? A whole lot of things go into choosing where you live. You know, the Gold Coast has a lot more going for it than just being close to Brisbane. And, you know, likewise, the Central Coast is not just close to Sydney. It has been an important factor, I think. Michael, the Gold Coast made a huge appearance in the most expensive Queensland homes outside of Brisbane. So the Gold Coast took out five of the top 10 spots for houses and six of the top 10 spots for apartments. Really interested in who are your typical buyers? What are they looking for? Is it all those same factors that Angus has been mentioning? A lot of um, state migration, and that is coming from a, a number of different sources. You've got an aging population moving up here time, or they're buying a secondary or tertiary residence um, if they're that fortunate, coupled with a lot of people now that have moved up here because we're still relatively affordable compared to your capital cities. So if you're comparing us to the likes of Bondi and Gucci and Tamarama and those sort of areas, uh, the Gold Coast market does offer a lot of value, but your cost of living is still considerably cheaper. Your school fees are considerably cheaper. For people looking to move out of those metro markets, it is a really good alternative. The amount of infrastructure that is going into the Gold Coast at the moment in preparation for the 2032 Olympics, there's over $100 billion worth of infrastructure works on at the moment. That in itself has become quite popular. It has matured significantly over this last two decades and is now a place where a lot of people will consider living full-time, which Previously, they might have just thought of it as a holiday destination. Sunshine Coast, a little bit different, probably doesn't have the same levels of infrastructure and is still somewhat transient and more of a a holiday destination. But for someone that wants to work, raise a family, um, Gold Coast presents a, a pretty good option. We're certainly seeing kind of the demand for property reflected in the price. Perigian Beach, on the Gold Coast, it's grown 14.5% year on year and now has a median price of more than a mil. Homes in Surface Paradise have also taken out the top spot for price in Queensland at 2.92 mil. 
Where else are you seeing prices go bananas on the Gold Coast? You've got to probably take that as the surface paradise suburb does encompass Paradise Waters, Isle of Capri, a lot of those vanity suburbs where we're still seeing really large homes transact. There was a couple there, sort of 24 million and 26 million. The median sort of stuff on the water were quite significant, but there are a lot of areas at the coast at the moment where the top end of the market has matured so much. The market here is different to what it probably was at the GFC back in 2008. We saw this massive net migration come up over the last decade, but no more so than what moved up here in 2020, 2021 through Melbourne being the most locked down city in the world. But we ended up with 59,000 people in one year. So it was nearly 400% what our usual net migration is in one year. It's an interesting market at the moment, and we've got some really strong fundamentals going to keep driving this market forward. From an investment standpoint, this market is a real hot spot and will continue to prove to be a, a strong performer as the uh, the population looks to double here over the next 15 years. Are there any areas on the Gold Coast that you're seeing become less popular or just everywhere is kind of in hot demand at the moment? There are areas that are obviously in higher demand all of our coastal suburbs now are really starting to appreciate it at pretty strong rates, starting to see some strong acreage sales, lifestyle properties. It's an interesting market and in hot demand, not as much international interest. It's really locally driven and, and those from Melbourne and Sydney is primary market. We did speak to one person about which beachside suburbs they think still provide value to buyers. I assume the northern beaches would be very expensive. Down the Great Ocean Road, everyone already knows about them. I grew up in Phillip Island and I think that it is still a little bit under the radar. It's not as developed as like Rye and Mornington and I think that eventually more people will come and the prices will continue growing. Angus, wondering what your thoughts are kind of around that and around those areas. Do you think the heat has come out of the market a bit post-pandemic in terms of the seeking of that beachside lifestyle? I think the answer, infuriatingly, is yes and no. I think in some areas, yes, we have seen a pullback in those kind of lifestyle suburbs. Some of the Mornington Peninsula has been softer over the past kind of year or so. In fact, the Mornington Peninsula broadly has been kind of the worst performing part of Melbourne over most of 2023. So the context is important here. It did see much stronger growth over the pandemic than the rest of Melbourne. And, and so it's still far and away outperformed Melbourne. But just in the last year, it's looked a little bit softer. Places like Sorrento and Portsea, they've, they've seen a bit of a decline in price over the last you know year, year and a half. So is that a slowdown in, in transactions? Because we saw that here where you actually saw the lower end of the market through cost of living transact that the mid to top end, everyone was sitting on them because they weren't impacted by interest rates, cost of living, everything else. It's a great point, Michael, and always the kind of devil in the details with these statistics. That's probably part of what's going on in places like Sorrento and Portsea that are on the more expensive end. When we're talking about the Mornington more broadly, that's not a composition thing. The fact that prices have been soft there are kind of looking at individual sales and, and what they've done. So that softness is a little bit broader than just which bits of the market are transacting. Again, I don't want to over-egg this. It's not like the Mornington Peninsula has collapsed by any means, and it's you know certainly been very popular across the pandemic. So it's a small pullback, not a big correction. Where I think we have seen maybe a bit more of that kind of reversal is is Byron Bay, kind of Lennox Heads, Brunswick, around there. Detached houses in Byron are down 20% to a quarter in the past year. Now, part of that will be composition. You know, it's obviously a very, very expensive market, Byron Bay, these days. And so it can matter a lot which types of homes are being sold. But, you know, we have seen a, a bit of a pullback there. 
the context is important here. It's still up 65% from where it was pre-pandemic. So it's still way more expensive than it used to be. It's still very popular. Is that Byron? That's Byron, yeah. So if it's had a 20% decline, but it's still up 65%, does that mean during the pandemic it went up by 85%? You can't quite add them because percentages multiply, (laughs) but more or less, yes. Well, I'm not a data analyst, but that is wild. Byron did very well across the pandemic, as did nearby places like Lennox Heads, you know, where Units have looked a little bit softer in the past year, but you know they still perform very well across the pandemic. It was it was just a very popular area. It seems that the really well loved beachside suburbs around the country are becoming pretty unattainable for the average person. Angus, from a national perspective, are there any beachside suburbs that are affordable? Yes, but also no. Yes, there are some parts that are more affordable. You know, to pick on Sydney because it's where I'm from. If we look at the top ten most affordable suburbs, they're all on the for a detached house. You know, they're all on the central coast. Some of them are, you know, on the more affordable end for Sydney, you know, places like Chain Valley Bay, Canton Beach. And you're looking at a median price of 850. That's less than what you would be paying typically across Sydney for a median house. For context, median house across Sydney is 1.4. So, you know, 850, expensive, but good for Sydney. That's the yes. The no is these suburbs are quite a long way away from Sydney. If you weren't looking at a coastal suburb that far away, it would be a lot cheaper. You are tending to pay a premium to live by the beach. So, you know, if kind of holding how far away you are from the city constant, the beach is going to be more expensive. We have a lot of coastline in Australia, but there's not a lot of coastline that you can necessarily build on. And, you know, they are very highly sought after. So, Michael, what about your patch? You know, where do you think still provides good value to buyers for that beachside lifestyle? The beachfront market here, once again, is quite limited. If you talk beachside or beachfront, beachside, there's plenty of options, but you can take Mermaid Beach as an example. There's 125 homes on the beachfront. That's it. Making any more. And consistently, they're actually getting bought up and amalgamated into larger lots. Areas like that, Main Beach, Surface Paradise, most of that is um, is being developed into, um, into mid-rise or high-rise. So there's only a number of sort of pockets there with limited supply. So it is going to continue to grow. It's been a, an, an outstanding performer as an asset class over the last 25 years. To give you some context, 1997, I sold a single block on the beach in Hedges for 675000 That property now would be about $12 million. But the market here has definitely matured. It used to be known as a boom-bust city, and now it's um, it's got real depth. It's got a lot of people living here. It's got better infrastructure. And you can go to northern areas. You go up to Harvey Bay, areas like that, and buy cheap beachfront. Problem is you just you miss the infrastructure. You miss the lifestyle, the quality of life that comes with that. It's a bit of a trade-off between if you can't live on the beach, then you can live beside the beach and still enjoy that lifestyle. If you're really looking for beachfront product, if you go into a regional market, you might buy stuff well, but you're also susceptible to market fluctuations because there's not a lot of depth in those markets if the world falls apart. They're the ones that are usually hardest hit as opposed to areas where there is a lot of infrastructure and good schools because you've got more demand than supply. Just interested, Michael, how do you identify an up-and-coming beachside suburb? Because to your point before, surely at some point, these in-demand suburbs, I'm sure at one point they didn't offer all of that to people. No, look, that's why most of the really affluent property guys, they play a long game. They're 15, 20-year investments when they're buying into areas and watching for the urban sprawl. And it's looking at some of the farmers that have various farming land. And you would have seen it through Melbourne in areas like Officer and places like that when eventually the urban sprawl caught up to them and all of a sudden their land was worth an enormous amount. So it's just looking at that and 
forecasting and projecting and doing your homework with local area plans and councillors. And obviously that's starting to get to a level that might be outside of a lot of people, but you can look at emerging areas like northern beachside suburbs above Sunshine Coast, heading to Harvey Bay, heading to Rockhampton, heading to Mackay. Eventually, those areas are going to have a lot more infrastructure and they're going to catch up, but it's 20, 25 years. Long-term investments, they will prove quite well and you can still have a really nice lifestyle. Angus, to that point, are there any kind of under-the-radar beachside suburbs that we should be keeping our eyes on? The short answer is if I knew I would have bought yes them myself. Yes and no. No, I'm right, kidding. Right. That, that's the right answer. No. If I knew I would have bought them myself, the kind of only way to do this is to to know the local market and do your research. And the sort of stuff that we do looking from the top down across the whole country kind of can't substitute for that on the ground, very detailed research. So the short answer is not that I know of. If I did, I'd be living there. <laughs> but, you know, the, the sort of data that we produce, you know, looking at where's in demand, what's more affordable can really help kind of start you on that that looking, but it certainly can't solve it. Michael, what are your thoughts on that? Is there any hidden gems on the Gold Coast and surrounds that you've kind of got your eye on? Probably what is more affordable to most these days is the beachside suburbs. So being within 40, 50 metres of the beach, not necessarily on the beach, still providing a beautiful lifestyle, fantastic infrastructure and amenity. That stuff is still affordable, but it's going to continue to appreciate because there's only a limited amount of supply. Our population growth here is significant, and I think it's going to continue to be the fastest or one of the fastest growing cities in the country for some time. It may take some time to catch the capital cities, but you will see strong growth and you get to enjoy the benefits of, of a fantastic lifestyle in the meantime. I think my beachside dreams might be a little bit further away from my life than what I thought. Thank you so much for joining me and providing some insights on why beachside living is so popular, where's a little bit out of reach, where might be within reach. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Alice. My pleasure. Thanks for joining me. This has been Real Talk. For your weekly fix, please follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and tune in next time for more real questions, news and insights on the topics that matter most from realestate.com.au, Australia's number one address in property. All information provided is general advice and opinion based on current market conditions. These opinions should not be treated as investment advice. Always obtain advice based on your individual circumstances. Real Talk acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, air and community. We pay our respects to elders past and present.